Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Bar Fights. My guest today needs no introduction, but in case you're meeting her for the first time, Lisa Gar is an author, longtime radio host, and all around magnificent human being who I have been following for many years and has spoken into my life through her radio show during so many difficult times in my life. And I had the pleasure of getting to finally cross paths with a voice that I have felt like I've known for so long. And we had a great conversation on her show. And she is so kind and generous to come talk to us today on Bar Fights. Lisa, welcome. It's my honor. Thank you so much for having me here. This is fun. So you are, you know, one of the originals when it comes to podcasting and radio and all of this stuff. Um, Tell my listeners a little bit about how things started once you had this traumatic brain injury um, from a mountain bike accident and this near-death experience that really sort of transformed you and, and opened you up into the work really that you're doing ever since. Yes. You know, it's interesting because once you have an experience like that, you can never unexperience it. And I think what happened when I was prior to the mountain biking accident, I was working 9 million different hours and jobs and really trying to make ends meet and, and going a lot faster pace than I, I think my, my destiny was. And it wasn't the pace. It was that I was off purpose, way off purpose. And, um, I was working in television production and that can tend to have its own momentum of trying to climb that whatever ladder. And, and I was young. And so that for me, I got into mountain biking because some friends really wanted to create kind of a balance and go out and have a good time that worked with me in, in, uh, on, uh, the shows we were working on. And I loved it. I love mountain biking. I'm still my, a huge fan of mountain biking. Actually, I'm going to ride today later. Oh and I, I love it. It's my happy place. But when I had that, um, it was a California State Mountain Bike Championship, seven race series. The last race was a double points race. And I was in second place overall. And I just don't remember anything going through my mind other than I'm almost done because it was the end of this race. It was 108 degrees that day. It was really, really extreme conditions. And it was about 5,000 feet of climbing. And it was just the end of the race and I was depleted completely. I didn't know I was, I had, you know, I had a hundred ounce camelback that I drank, but I, I don't think it registered <laughs> in the body, but I hit my head on a, um, a lot of rocks. I must've, cause my helmet got shattered, but I just, I remember this, like it was yesterday, this place of pure expansion. And I, and I think either I knocked my conscious mind offline so much 
that I opened up a different awareness inside my mind or my consciousness that I feel we all have access to. I don't recommend falling off a bike and hitting your head and doing all that because I caused myself (laughs) some pretty bad damage after that. Um, I had to get airlifted to the hospital and nearly died. And none of that I remember though. I just remember the state of being that was so peaceful, completely out of body expansive, way beyond anything here. I mean, this body is like a container we're in. <laughs> when you really look outside of it, it's we're just this boundaryless, seamless communal being that can relate with and commune with so much in ma- nature and other human beings. And once I got that, it was like I had to seek that in everything I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I started the radio show because I was curious about the people that were healing people and that were doing extraordinary things and going beyond boundaries and learning what it means to be conscious. And it's not some, you know, secret mountaintop Himalayas thing. I mean, you really can have just, it's even just kindness, Mm -hmm. something that allows you to feel an elevated state of being. And that's what I do in my interviews. And that's what I've done in my life. And that's what I love to do. I love to do that. Yeah. yeah. What I love about that story is that something so beautiful and good came out of something that could have been, you know, a, a different kind of turning point in your life. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think in a way we're kind of all looking at that, you know, post pandemic, there are so many new things for people. They don't know exactly how to work anymore or what purpose looks like or what the work-life balance looks like. And it's a chance, it's an opportunity to us really look at a global reset that we've gone through. How do we want to choose to do this differently? What does bring us peace of mind? What brings us balance? What brings us freedom? And at the same time, what brings us you know, the ability to make ends meet? It's a whole new way of thinking these days, I feel. Yeah, I I love that. And so many people that listen to my show have been through some kind of major adversity. They've survived something that is, is maybe thought of as being, you know, unsurvivable or insurvivable. Right. And, and so here they are going, okay, what I'm still standing. What do I do next? Yes. Um, How do I move forward without the enormous amount of survival but to really make choices moving forward that are your choices. Yes, I love that. So if somebody is hearing this and going, yes, I want that path, but how do I start that? What does that look like on a sort of tangible day-to-day basis? I've been, um, so I do a lot of story coaching for people. I look at their life stories and I help them frame it in a way that deepens their purpose. Mm. And there's this little formula that I was talking about the other day. And it stands, let's see, it's, I don't think it says anything, but it's freedom, time, energy, and service. F-T-E-S. It doesn't spell anything, but, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. The, what to look at in your life is that that gives you your sense of freedom, your own personal freedom. If it's body freedom, if it's, it's if it's, um, freedom in your life to choose what you want to do. It's a very big value for people to have freedom. And 
that means in a way time. Mm-hmm. How do you want to use your time? Do you own your time or does somebody else own your time? And that has to do with your thoughts too. Do you own your thoughts or does somebody else own them? Is somebody else running your thoughts? And I mean, past memories, past thoughts, are those running you? Do you have your own freedom to have those thoughts run your life? The the ones that you choose run your life. And so that goes into time. How much time freedom do you have? Do you have the ability to choose when you want to pay self-care, do self-care, go to class, or is your time owned? Would you like to have more ownership over your time? And then when you have the freedom and the time aligned, how much energy do you have to do what you want to do in your life? Mm -hmm. Do you have energy to go try new things? Do you have energy to travel? Do you have energy to, you know, work out, do whatever you want to do? Like how much life force energy do you have to do this do the things you want to do with your new discovery of your own time and your own sense of freedom. And the final piece of that is to be of service. And that is my lead in life. Everything I do must be of service. It has to be of service to humanity or inspiration. And I don't mean donating to a thing. I mean, truly like, am I of service to the person sitting next to me on an airplane? Am Mm -hmm. I of service to the person having a tough day? that maybe nobody smiles at that day? Am I in service to my, you know, an aging parent that might need me or a daughter or, you know, a a relationship that, you know, there's different ways in day, in your daily life. And I, I ask everyone listening in humanity, if you could just be nicer and kinder to people around you, it would make this world such a beautiful place just kindness. It's a, it's a level of consciousness. People don't know what consciousness is. Just start by being kind. Yeah. I was, I it's so funny. I was having that conversation yesterday about how that comes so naturally for children in many respects, right? They have that sort of natural, just purity, um, where they see beauty in other people and they haven't gotten all those judgmental thoughts in their little heads yet. Um, if we bring some of that to our lives as adults, what a beautiful, beautiful thing it would be. I mean, you've done so much of this, of your own mental self-care and you're taking care of yourself and your own thoughts and everything you've overcome is extraordinary and that you can, you know, continue to thrive, not just survive, but thrive in your life is, is incredible. Thank and I'm you. glad you have a, I'm glad you have a podcast. Thank <laughs> you. It shows people what's possible. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think it does come back to a word you used earlier, which is choices, right? Mm-hmm. Choosing it. And I, I really do wake up choosing to see the best and choosing to see the bright side and choosing to laugh a lot and be silly and choose kindness and joy. And it comes back as you know, better than anybody, what you put out comes back. I was going to say the altruistic effects are better Mm -hmm. than just even the actors. You feel so much better when you help somebody that day or many people, you know, whatever it is, if you can just lift somebody else's day. It just makes you feel, you don't do it to feel good. You do it. And then it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what our experience of life is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, one thing that you said, I, it really was interesting to me because I always say in interviews, I never developed a sense of self as a child. It wasn't that I had it and it was taken away, but I never knew you, you said, you know, post a lot of beautiful questions, you know, what do I, what helps me feel free? What do I love to do to, you know, that brings me joy, all those questions. And I think so many adults, get to middle age or wherever and and really can't answer those questions if you were to say mm-hmm. you know what what does freedom feel like to you or what does joy feel and they're like i don't know i'm just going through the motions i'm powering through life right yes yes, yes. ultimately freedom is something that i've been through so many um courses and seminars and certifications it comes up as people's number one value. And I don't mean just living in the United States free. I mean, although we take that for granted a lot and and that's an important thing. I mean, the freedom to own your own time. Mm -hmm. That's a big value. And, and it choose to choose what and where you put your attention And even if you work for a corporation or if you're self-employed or if you're a full-time mom or whatever it is, there's got to be a a time freedom allotment for yourself in that day to spend it on yourself or if you want to spend it with friends or whatever it is in order to feel like you're not trapped in in your life. You've got to have that moment of freedom. And it doesn't matter if you are super busy or it doesn't matter if you're way, way overextended, there's still got to be a little window for you in that where you feel that you have time freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I mountain bike. Cause I, I, we live next to the mountains. I can get on my bike and do like a 40 minute, just beautiful workout, find some nature and go out there. And sometimes there's snakes. Sometimes there's dear, that doesn't matter. And I just have maybe that 40, 45 minutes to myself. Now, if you don't live next to a mountain, you could do walking, you could do anything. If you have a dog, I'm sure the dog would be happy about that. That's it. Walking around the neighborhood is as simple as it is for me, but it really is that, that time where you're sending a message to yourself that you actually value yourself and are worthy. Yes. I think sometimes people get stuck in that, especially survivors of trauma and whatever, that voice that you were talking about earlier, speaking into their head, saying, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. So why would I carve out that time for myself? I don't deserve it. I don't, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's just a, it's one of those sort of vicious cycles. Yeah. Um, and like, I do even more, I take that time, even if it's a 40 minute self-care time, Yeah, I set intentions during that time too. I really talk a lot to God and I have lots of prayer space for myself, but mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, how, how is this working? What do I intend for this? And what's the next, you know, step that I'm working on fulfilling? And, you know, I just am constantly setting intentions all day long, all day long. I don't think I can do half the stuff I do alone. It's really in major support from the universe. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's how I've lived my life too. Um, and so what we're, we're living in polarizing times, right? We're living in these sort of tense political times, COVID stuff still lingering, um, holidays coming up, which yes, is yes. really triggering for, for a lot of people. What are just some basic practices 
that a beginner can implement to sort of get through these times and begin to dip their toe in the water of awareness? Well, I mean, first, the first thing I said is kindness. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I said is self-care. And what those two things do, just those two things alone, is they release neurochemicals that are motivator chemicals in the brain. And I know a lot about the brain because I had a huge brain injury and I have learned that almost everything is in our body is run by our brains. Mm-hmm. And so if we actually are aware of that and we can get a hold of that, the the dopamine that releases, the the serotonin, the neuroepinephrine, all of these things, these happy opioids release in the brain naturally when you are kind, when you are in a state of gratitude, and when you have, when you actually set intentions because it gives your brain purpose and motivation. And then when you exercise, all of these great little happy neurochemicals and neurotransmitters start to open up in the brain and they start to, to pool in the brain. They kind of start to flood the brain and they, they stay and they stimulate things like the amygdala. They stimulate other parts of the brain that are the executive function parts of the brain that are the motivator parts of the brain. So exercise, that's what the, ultimately the runner's high is or the zone is that the brain is completely saturated with these chemicals and it gets into a, a, a supernatural elevated state and you're able to sustain, you know, great strengths or great, you know, go beyond your own limits, right? You did this as an, as an athlete, mm-hmm. you do this as a survivor as well, is that you are able to overcome certain tragedies in your life by getting to an elevated state in your mind where you've got this, that you're safe, that you're capable, that you're going to be able to be okay. Mm -hmm. Same type of thing. So my first, you know, if anyone's just starting at this, I suggest simple things, kindness, gratitude, exercise, creating those neurochemicals to release in the brain that allow forward movement in your life. If you're not growing, you're dying. If the cell is not growing, it's dying. So my clue is to continue to go forward towards momentum, positive growth, and forward movement. We can only go forward, folks. We don't want to go back. We want to just keep moving, keep moving. It's such a simple but powerful thing to do because the opposite of that is stuck. You know, when you see a river or like a, that's stagnant and you, I see all the algae and everything that grows and then the dam builds up and then the nothing flows. That's what happens in your life when you're completely stuck. We've all been there. And what helps you get out of that? A friend, a something, you know, an interrupter. These things, gratitude, movement, and kindness get you out of the stuckness and forward moving so that you can create your next steps one step at a time. It's very simple. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to done than said, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you can just start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, start somewhere. I love that. And um, I hear that a lot from my audience, especially I'm stuck. I can't move past it. And what I see in the survivor community is turning to that quick hit of drugs, alcohol, you know, stuff like that. Um, But in reality, we're capable of getting ourselves unstuck 
without any of that, right? Right. And you can observe them, you know, rather than shoving them away and down and say, okay, I see that I have these feelings coming up and I recognize this as an old pattern in the past. Yep. This is an old pattern in the past I that no longer serves me. And so in order to serve me, how can I create new neural pathways going forward to override that pattern? So the best way to create a new pattern is to create a new pattern. And what I mean by that is when you have a pattern, it grooves a certain pathway in the brain and these little neurons start to create super highways that say, okay, I'm going to do this over and over and over again. It doesn't have to even be negative or positive. It just grooves a path, right? Mm-hmm. Builds, builds strong neurons. Well, if you want to interrupt that pattern, you have to implode those neurons or destroy those neurons. When you do that by creating another pathway over here, like see the shiny object. So Mm -hmm. you're going to say every time that thought starts to come up, nope, I'm going to create a new pathway. I'm going to create a new pathway. I'm going to create a new thought. I'm going to create a new pattern. And it's a pattern interrupt. And so you start creating a new pattern. So every time you have that, that negative thought, you go, you do something that is good for yourself. Even if it's, I'm okay, or listen to a song or text a friend or do something that starts to build a new pattern in the brain. And eventually the old one, blood flow stops going to it and it starts to implode. That neural hot pathway dies and another one starts to begin. Got it? So it's just a matter of creating, this is what Tony Robbins and everyone talks about is a state change, a pattern interrupt, create a new environment. Even if you have to change the way you're looking out the window, move the position of your desk, have something different in your life that starts to groove a new pattern, then you are creating a new pathway in your life. And then there's all sorts of possibilities over there because it's unknown and then the dopamine comes in and, you know, all the other things, the drugs, they're very numbing and they're, they're not a, they're not lasting. They're not sustainable whatsoever. And they have worse consequences. When you start to do this with your own healthy brain chemicals, it starts to create more of the same. And this is one that comes from a pessimistic, fatalistic mother. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm just thinking about, I have a toddler. She's about to turn two. And when she's having some kind of meltdown because she can't have this or that, I literally sometimes pick her up and show her, you know, you, she puts out a new window, right? Exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Um, so it's 20- a shiny object, <laughs> the shiny object. Yeah. Look over here. And then all of a sudden she snaps right out of it and life is good again <laughs> because wow. the brain got a dopamine hit and it goes, Ooh, I like those. I want more of those. I like that. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 2015, you wrote your book, yes. becoming aware how to repattern your brain and revitalize your life, which sounds like an extension of this conversation. for people that want more of this. Yes, absolutely. In the first part of the book, I talk about the journey, the uh, the story, and then I go into the things that you can do. And I call them awareisms that are just simple things that you can do to start to create new patterns in the brain and repattern your life. And as you know, your brain starts to go, your life will start to follow and you create more and more of the same. And and as I mentioned earlier, I do story coaching with people. And what that is, is it's taking your mission that you've, I mean, this whole message that you've gotten from your life's journey, all of these seeds of wisdom that you've gained and gathered over the past. And some of them were good and some of them were not good. Regardless, you learned something. And then the greatest way to self-healing 
is to share that knowledge with someone else or a large group of people like you're doing with your podcast. Every time you do your podcast, you heal a little bit more inside and you heal somebody else in the meantime. That's taking your message and turning it into your mission. It is constantly self-healing and healing for others and that dives you right into your purpose. And you are a purpose-driven individual because of it. And you can't go backwards. You can only go forwards. And so you every day are interviewing people. And this is why I did it. I started interviewing people because of my insatiable curiosity, but I also learned something new every day and it kept me from going backwards. Yeah. 100%. It's such a gift to have, <laughs> to have you and to have people like you continuing to speak into my life, but also um, this beautiful group of individuals that have sort of joined, joined my little army trying to take on the world and keep it, keep it safer for, for other people and for our yeah. kids. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned the word purpose. The last thing I want to ask you about is, you know, you went through different iterations of I'm going to be this, or this is my career. I'm going to work in TV or whatever. How did you know? And it's a billion dollar question that you were doing the thing you were meant to be doing. I feel that way every day Um, for the person driving to work right now in a job that, that feels awful to them. And they're going, what, what do you mean purpose? I don't even know where to start. What would you say to them? What would, what would that mean? Purpose is So as I mentioned, I have a wonderful um, formula for this, but when you look at your life as maybe a timeline and you look at all of, maybe if you go up in like 30,000 foot view and you look down on the timeline of your life, and if you imagine all of the events that happen in your life as little lights that light up, some are brighter than others, some are big lights, some are small lights, and you look at all these little lights and you say, well, I learned this is a child and I learned that I didn't want this, but I did want this and I might want to do more of that, but I definitely don't want to do that. And all of these are these little seeds of wisdom that you've gathered along the way. And if you collect these seeds and if you pour them forward into your life, going forward into infinity, where you teach from these seeds of wisdom, that you inspire from these seeds of wisdom, where you help someone else. And it could be, maybe you want to teach, you know, running. Maybe, so I have a client who uh, had a stutter and she didn't speak until she was three. And yeah, and so she was taught never to speak, don't have an opinion. And at 30 years old, somebody did an intervention on her and got her to a speech pathologist. It took her 30 years to figure this all out. She then became a speech pathologist. She got her certifications in speech pathology and she moved to Saudi Arabia and is now teaching children in Saudi Arabia speech pathology and helping their language. And she became a marathon runner and she's inspiring women in Saudi Arabia and children to speak and to run. And it's like that, (laughs) It's a perfect example of how do you find your purpose? Yeah. You take the seeds of wisdom that you've gained from your life and you sprinkle them forward to help humanity. And it, it's, it's your purpose. Talk about grooving a path, you know, paving a, a road. That's how you do it is it sinks you into your purpose. You don't go find your purpose. It's yeah. already in here. It's already inside of you. It just needs to come out and then start to um, 
unfold into the future. I love that so that. much. And it comes it, from your it, story. It comes from your story, which is why our stories, even if they seem so terrible, maybe aren't so terrible because it was part of the bigger picture and the purpose. That's how I see my life. And it's yes. Um, yes. I have a, um, a program that people could um, go and get that it's called. Um, well, it's the website is the aware show.com forward slash story course. And it's a story course that helps you through. It's got a lot of visualizations in it and um, mind exercises that helps you look back from a neutral perspective at what you've learned in your life from a healed place and move it forward into your life with purpose and with helping others and service and passion. So beautiful. And you guys, the awareshow.com is where you can find Lisa. And I will say this to my listeners, dreams really can come true because, and I don't want to cry, but your voice I have listened to for so many years. And it's in it at times where I was struggling so bad, I would put on your show and these nuggets of wisdom that you're sharing with my audience right now, your voice really truly spoke into my life. And I, I give you a lot of credit for where I am today because your voice really comforted me. I you make me cry. I mean, thank you so much to yeah. know that this is making a difference in people's lives like yours. And that is why every day I get up and do this because knowing that you exist and that this helped you in some way is why, why I keep doing it. Talk about purpose. And that all came from a mountain biking accident where I almost died and (laughs) barely made it, (laughs) barely made it to the hospital. So yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, you guys, Lisa Gar, theawareshow.com. Make sure to check it out and we will see you again next week on Bar Fights. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.